Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our home base is wedontdie.com. There's always good things going on, including our free Sunday gathering with medium demonstration included. And be sure to fill out your name and your email address at the bottom of the homepage at We Don't Die. Not only will you be on my email list, but you will get the full book of mine in PDF form. Okay, we are doing something very different and very special today. At the end of our interview with our beautiful guest, we have a slideshow for you of pictures. During this episode, you'll find out what those pictures are. So if you're somebody who is just listening on your favorite podcast, go to YouTube and just type in We Don't Die Radio and you'll see my beautiful guest, Katrin McPhee and myself and some pictures of the afterlife. So let me introduce you to our guest. She is a fellow afterlife researcher like myself, and she has been on her own investigation for over 20 years and has many experiences of why she believes in the afterlife. I met her back in 2018 at the wonderful Banyan Retreat in the UK. And it's really nice to catch up with her today and then share what she's doing. I know in the past we've talked to Sonia Rinaldi, who captures images and voices of people in the afterlife. And Catherine has been doing her own kind of experiments, which We'll talk about today, and then you'll see some pictures at the end. Coming to us from Germany, Katrin McPhee, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Welcome. Thank you so much, Sandra. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's such an honor. It's, I'm really delighted. Yeah, it's so excited to see you after so many years. And thankfully, we have things like email that we can keep in touch. And I was thrilled when you sent me some of the photographs that you've taken. And I know you've been on your own journey to look for evidence of the afterlife. And I just thought that I'd like to catch up with you. And I know our listeners and viewers would like to know a little bit about you and what you've investigated. So if it's okay, we'll just have a conversation and you tell some stories, who you are, where you are, what had you get Absolutely. And thanks, Sandra, for the introduction, because it can't be easy to introduce someone who is relatively unknown and who is doing all the work in her private um, and the privacy and who you can't find online or on social media anywhere. So thank you for having me, Sandra. You're welcome. Um, Yes, I'm talking to you from Germany, and I hope you can understand my German accent. Um, I've been living here in Germany with my wonderful husband for many years, and we have actually um, been renovating an old 200-year-old house here. And it's quite mystical on its own, really. And my beautiful daughter, she is currently living in Australia. Um, so, we, yes, we are living here in the mid-north of Germany in a beautiful little village. And we've got the forest right behind us. So we've got a lot of wildlife actually crossing through our property. Deers and the occasional wild pig and a badger. I shouldn't tell my neighbors because they don't like having badgers in the area. And Sandra, I have a lot of birds here on my balcony. It's brilliant. It's absolutely wonderful. And um, so I became a bird watcher too. I feed them every day. Um, yes, so, but in all this time that we've been doing the renovations in this house, I found the time to do experiments, which is fabulous, thanks to my wonderful husband, who's extremely patient, and um, yeah, he's been great, very supportive. Um, yeah, I had experiences of all sorts throughout my life. So many, it's just unbelievable. Um, there's clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. I had them all. It's unbelievable, really. Um, it started actually, the first one was probably in my early, early teens, only a few in my early teens. 
And um, the main one came then in the 20s or 30s, and it continues until now. What so I've of, always got... Sorry, Jen, sorry. What kind of things were happening to you? Tell us some uh, Lots of things. And the first one I remember was actually a very short, tiny out-of-body experience. And that was when I was coming. I was a young teenager, and I was coming home from school. and. Um, I was feeling extremely tired, really, really exhausted. And I thought, I just have to go and lay down on my bed, which I did. And I felt my heart beating really slowly. And suddenly it made sort of pop and I was out of my body. And I was probably half, you know, about half a meter above my body. And I saw myself laying there, horizontal, same position, got a bit of a fright. and. Bang, I was back in my body. But why this is important is because that was the first realization that there's more going on, that we are more than the physical body. So this was creating an awareness um, that there's much more going on. Back then, I didn't have the words for it. I didn't have the vocabulary. I didn't know what was going on. But this was important in creating an awareness. Just a little bit later, actually, I had a really bad allergy on my arm, my left arm, really bad. And um, I had it for more than a week, I think. And my mother said, that's it, we are going to see the doctor. I didn't really want to see the doctor, but anyway, we drove, we went into the car, and um, I was... I was hated having this allergy. It was, uh, I had an allergy um, with citrus fruit, I think it was, oranges and things like that. So I remember clearly closing my eyes in the car and thinking, I don't want to have this. I imagined it to just disappear. I imagined a clear arm. And when we got to the doctor, he asked me, pull up your sleeve. I did. And there was nothing. It was completely gone. There was absolutely nothing. My mother and the doctor stared at each other, <laughs> thinking, what is going on here? I didn't know. Again, I had no idea. I had no vocabulary for it. But I knew that there's something going on here. So there was another realization that we have some sort of power and that our thoughts create our reality. So the belief system that started to build, really, I started to have or get a real strong belief system suddenly. And um, we all know that what we believe and what we expect is creating our reality. And um, so this is why this is important. I think it's sort of the foundation for everything else that is to come. And um, so, yes, and then from then on, I really had so many more experiences. I heard things. I heard conversations that no one else heard. Um, it's like a ra another radio station was put on, and I heard, heard conversations. And one day I remember... My daughter was playing that when she was in school, she was playing the clarinet, practicing for a concert, school concert. And my husband and I were sitting in front of the fireplace and we just enjoyed it. We enjoyed the music. We thought, oh, that sounds beautiful. And um, suddenly I heard a woman's voice singing along singing along to her playing the clarinet. I was completely speechless and I said, oh, wow, that is great. Can you hear that? Can you hear the woman? He said, no. <laughs> so it was, again, me, only me who hears these sort of things. But it was beautiful. So these sort of things and many, many more happened all the time. I could tell you a million stories, but we don't have all the time for that. But I can certainly um, tell you a story maybe where um, a deceased loved one 
contacted me because I had a few of those as well. Would you like me to tell you one of those? You could hear the three, four, five of those. Don't rush. We have time. Most of the people listening and viewing right now have had a loved one pass. They're experiencing grief and stories help us know that our loved ones live on. So we don't have to rush. We would love to hear about any reunions you'd like to share. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than grief. And we can do anything or tell our stories um, to help a little bit. That's, I think that's wonderful. Yes, I have had a contact um, that was many years ago. I was actually living in Australia at that time. And my best friend, girlfriend, she lived in Germany. And it goes like this. Um, I was fast asleep in the middle of the night. I woke up. For no reason, really. I just woke up and opened my eyes. And under the ceiling, just where I was looking, there was a big face just above me, a massive big face. And this face had a really wonderful, bright smile. I never forgot it. Never forgot it. The other thing is, I could see this face clearer than I can see you right now, Sandra, or anyone else at any time. So it was nearly 3D-ish, and I could see every wrinkle in the face and um, nearly also felt emotions. The other thing is, he made the victory sign, um, or peace sign, victory sign, next to his head with a fingers. And gave me the biggest smile and then disappeared. So that was it. The other special thing about this is I knew instantly who he was. Even though I've never met this man before, I knew nothing about him, but I knew who he was. I must have seen a picture of him. But he was a father of my best friend in Germany. She never said anything about it. I, I knew nothing about him. Um, I, I was completely surprised and thought, what on earth is he doing here? Why do I see him? So I decided the next day to write to her and tell her all about it. Because we had this relationship. We had a, lots and lots of coffees together in the afternoon and um, we talked about afterlife and experiences. They were mainly my experiences because she didn't have many, but she loved listening to them. So, um, so I decided to write to her. She immediately wrote back to me, and I was much more surprised about her reply because she said in her mail, Oh, thank God it worked. I was puzzled. I thought, what? She told her dying father in the hospital to go and see Katrine when you pass over and give her a sign so that I know you are okay. So the dying father has done exactly as she asked to do. So here I am in Australia. He is dying in Germany. We've never met. We don't know each other. But he found his way to me. So he gave me a sign for his daughter so that she knows he's okay. I was absolutely speechless. I thought this is so wonderful, really fantastic. And um, yeah, and it actually reminds me a little bit on what, what the um, physicist um, Nassim Haramein said how entangled the whole universe is, how the parts, every part is entangled. That's his theory. Um, it's all interconnected. And I said, think he said, if you tickle one part here and the other one is at the end of the universe, the one part at the end of the universe is laughing simultaneously at the same time. Um, so that's how entangled everything is. And I think, you might be able to relate that to him appearing, you know, so quickly. It's just a sort of way. So time and space is no obstacle whatsoever. 
um, he's just a sword away, you know. It's true. We see so many times, even on our Sunday gathering, people are doing medium demonstrations. One's in Australia, the other one's in America. It's no time or space for our loved ones. I don't know how they do it. We'll find out someday. But that's pretty extraordinary. Had you met her father or seen a picture of him or any of that? No, no, no. I don't. I've never met him. I knew nothing about him. She never talked about him. Um, No, I really knew nothing. The only explanation I have is that I must have seen a picture of him somewhere in her house. So I never really found out about it, how I've how I knew, but I knew. So, yeah, it's possible. I've had those random psychic or mediumistic experiences that I see somebody in my mind and then someone shows me the picture, same person. So I definitely believe that is true that he was giving you a sign just like the daughter had asked. That's beautiful. Yes. And we always think of our departed loved ones to be so far away in another universe, in another dimension. And quite often, if we don't get a sign, we think, oh, they are not there. They're far away. But in reality, they're only a sort away. And I had that many experiences, and that's absolutely true. They are just a sort away, you know. Um, Have you had experiences with your own family or loved ones? Uh, only with my mother, who died in 2009. Um, that was a little bit different, a very short one. Um, I heard her voice one morning. I was waking up. It was probably half a year after she died. And I felt that someone is walking through the passageway in front of the bedroom door. And um, I actually then suddenly heard her voice. It was 100% her voice. And she said the name Oscar. And Oscar is the new puppy dog that we had. Only for, we didn't have him long. She's never met him. She's never met Oscar. But the fact that she actually said Oscar tells me that she knows what's going on, you know, that she can see him. She knows. She's never met him in, when she was in the body. But um, saying Oscar sort of is a little bit of a sign that she knows what's going on, you know. But I have another really interesting story. Maybe if you have time and you want to hear it, <laughs> give them to me. Definitely. <laughs> we have loads of time. Okay. Um, so this was happening when I was living in Germany. That was in my mid-early 20s. And um, how, hang on, how does it go? Yes, I was working for a company there, and um, it was a Monday morning, very busy day. I was sitting at my desk, and um, I was working as a PA for my boss, and we actually were dealing a lot with America, and I did all the translations and a lot of administrative work. And a colleague of mine, um, he was only a few years older, came into my office that day, that morning, grabbed a chair, put it in front of my table, sat down and said, Katrine, do you believe in an afterlife? This was at work on Monday morning and I had my boss sitting behind me in the office and I thought, is this a trick question or something? I was really completely blown away by the question. And I didn't know what to say. So I returned the question and said, why are you asking? What is all this about? And he then said that they, he and his friends were playing or doing the Ouija board just the weekend before. And a spirit was telling him that he would die in a car crash within six months. I have never heard anything like it. At that time, I didn't know anything about the Ouija board. Nothing whatsoever. I've never seen a Ouija board. I knew nothing about the Ouija board. And that the spirit would say to you that you're going to die in six months. I thought that must be a very nasty spirit. Because who is doing that? 
it would worry you to death every time you jump into the car and go somewhere. So I couldn't quite believe that. So I told him, no, I don't believe that. What else could I say? Well, he sort of grinned, got up from the chair, went to the door and grinned again and turned around to me and said, well, if there is an afterlife, I will let you know. And he disappeared. Um, that uh, a few days later, oh, hang on. Yes, a few days later. No, it wasn't a few days later. It was actually quite a while later. It was probably a month or two later. It was in March. It was cold. It was dark. It was winter. I was coming home from work. I was living in a little flat under the roof. I had a little apartment. So I was coming home. I was going up the stairs to my flat. I got out the key and I hesitated to put the key into the lock. Suddenly, I felt goosebumps all over and I thought something is wrong. Something is not right. I had no idea what it was. I just didn't put the key into the door. It has never happened before. And I thought, gee, maybe there's some burglar, someone in my flat. I stopped. Then I dismissed the thought and thought, oh, don't be silly. So I put the key and opened the door, quickly looked through every room, and there was everything was fine. I was happy. So I threw my bag onto the bed, sat down for a moment. And as soon as I sat down, I heard the loudest noise next to me, an explosion. It was the loudest explosion I've ever heard. And it freaked me out. I jumped up from the bed, ran through the house, had a look around whether there's anything that exploded like the stove or anything. Nothing. Everything was fine. I looked out of the window to see whether anything exploded outside in the street. Everything was fine. So I was absolutely spooked by that time. First, this weird feeling. Now this massive sound. I grabbed my key, ran downstairs, jumped into my car, and drove to my boyfriend that I had back then. And he was living in a house with his parents. But there was no one else there at that time, only him. The house was dark, the street was dark, everything was dark, and we were standing in his hallway, and I told him quickly what just happened. And while I was telling him this, a big, massive, bright light appeared just next to me. It was like a column. It was just next to me, bright light. And my boyfriend freaked out. He ran upstairs, thought there's a burglar in the house. The cellar door was a little bit open, and he thought there was someone standing down there, probably with a torch. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous, because. This was a massive, big, bright light, a warm light. It didn't scare me one bit. I knew instantly that this was something spiritual because it had a calming nature. It was a nice, bright light. And the next day, when I arrived at work and got into my office, my boss was standing there and a few other colleagues, and they all had grim faces. They said that my colleague, this young man, had died in a car accident on the way of home from Bavaria. He was on the autobahn. He drove with full speed into a Russian truck that had no lights on. So he died instantly. Um, terrible, terrible situation. But this explained them was an explanation for me. I knew then what, what was happening here, you know, that he obviously came to say goodbye or kept his promise to say, hey, I'm alive, I'm here. There is an afterlife. I'm absolutely certain this was him saying goodbye. And um, Sandra, I was always puzzled about 
um, the big noise, this massive big noise, I tried to find out what it is, what made this noise. And um, did I hear the accident? Was it the accident that I could hear? I couldn't imagine it. Too far away. How on earth would I hear the, the, the accident? I, it, I couldn't get my mind around it. I didn't think that was it. Later on in a book from Sylvia Brown, the medium, I found that she had the same experience with an explosion sound when her, I think it, her name was Ada, her Ada or Ada, her grandmother died. She arrived with a massive big explosion sound. And she said it's a report. I don't know whether you've ever heard of the word report. That's actually when a spirit comes from a higher dimension and pierces through, our, through into our lower dimension. So it sort of um, creates in the same shockwave in the atmosphere um, that any other object creates that goes faster than the speed of sound. What? So that was a proper um, logical explanation for me that was set a bit better than me hearing the accident. So I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe one of your listeners knows what it was, but <laughs> I don't know. No, I have not no, heard of that. I really haven't heard of that. So who knows? Pay attention to see. Apparently, it's very, um, it's not uncommon for this to happen. This was the only time she ever experienced it. And so I can pretty much confirm that as well. You know, um, yeah, so that was one big, uh, one, one story. Yeah. So I have another one if you want. But yes, um, of course. Tell the other story. And I just think as these times go on, your heart always knew that there was something more, but it just seems like the little breadcrumbs that you're getting more and more evidence. And then eventually you start doing your own experiments. So yes, yeah. tell, tell the next one, please. Yeah, there's another one. Actually, it's uh, with our neighbor. Um, we have a lovely, lovely older man who, died recently um it's a neighbor and um the day he died i actually did an experiment one of the experiments and he appeared in my experiment unfortunately i can't show you that picture because of privacy reasons because they they acknowledge and said yes that's him but um they have to get their own mind around it uh, they're not ready for it yet. They've never um, occupied their mind with anything like this. This is all new to them, and they're a little bit in shock. Okay. Um, but what happened is, so he he um, appeared in my experiment, but also he appeared that very night. Um, there appeared a light in my bedroom. I was nearly going to sleep and this light appeared in the bedroom. And uh, my husband said the next morning that he felt someone touching his shoulder just like this. And the name of our neighbor came straight into his mind. And you have to know, my husband never notices anything. He's at the other end of the spectrum. He doesn't know. You could put a pink elephant in front of him and i had to say did you see that <laughs> so sorry sorry I, I hope he doesn't mind me saying that but um but, was your name you know, sick? was there any possibility that he, he was close to death and everybody was waiting for it or was this just out of the blue no we knew that he was going to die actually the day before he died we visited him and um we visited him quite often. We visited, we saw him and um, he didn't know about my experiments or anything, but he came into the experiments. But I want to go back to the hand on the shoulder thing. That was quite significant because this uh, was a wonderful sign from him because my husband used to do that every time we went over there. He was sitting in a wheelchair and every time we went over to see him, my husband was putting his hand on his shoulder and said everything will be all right every time. And now this spirit 
puts his hand on my sleeping husband's shoulder and he noticed. So, I mean, this is a wonderful little story, I think. It's, um, yeah, it is. So, there's, so let's talk about the experiments because I have seen some of your pictures. And of course, for our listeners or viewers at the end of the video, we have some pictures for you. How did you get into that? How did you start? What are you, what are you doing to get the pictures? You know, what are you filming? Tell us a little bit about how you got into experimenting. Yes. Um, I have to say first, I've had um, pictures on my digital camera first. I 20 years ago already, I had proof. And um, I had things like this happening to me already. And uh, I had a little tiny little digital camera. I still have it today. I call it my ghost camera because I've taken so many photos with it. And uh, But the very first one that I took with that one kept me absolutely speechless. What I saw there, I was in awe. I was overjoyed. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. What was you it? Know. It's a little bit of a story, maybe, if you want to okay. hear it. I don't yes, know. I do. The time. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was interesting, too. Yeah. Um, we came from Australia to Germany and visited our best friends back then. And um, they had a daughter, a young daughter. And this girl asked us, um, would you like to come with me to the animal shelter? I show you the dog that I'm looking after. We are animal lovers. So we said, yes, of course, we would love to see that. So we went with her to this animal shelter that's in a forest. She showed us the dog that is she's looking after there. And um, she said, if you like, we can go and have a little walk with him through the forest. Said, yeah, great, we can do that. Another lady came to us and said, oh, when you're going for a walk, can you just wait? You might want to take this little doggy here. Um, he didn't have a walk today, so he would love a walk. And it was funny because this little dog, he was really tiny. And my husband is not so much for tiny dogs. He's for the bigger dogs. We always had Labradors. So seeing him now walking this tiny little dog on a leash was quite funny. I thought it was really funny. So we walked through the forest and um, it was dark and cold. And I thought, I just have to take a photo of him with a little dog because it's hilarious. No. So I said, um, stand there, stay there. I take a photo of you with a little dog. So he knelt down next to the little dog and um, I took a photo. I took two photos. Later on, when I was home in bed, I looked through my camera and I couldn't believe what I saw. I got a bit close up went and enlarged the picture a little bit. And yes, I couldn't believe it. There was a spirit dog next to the real little dog. And he was looking with his eyes directly at the real dog. And um, he was just a, bit, a little bit above him. But he was so cute, so nice. And he looked directly at the real dog. And above all of them was a face of a man in the mist. There's a, um, yeah, it was all very mystical, really mystical and extraordinary. And there was sort of a line coming down from the man to the spirit dog. Um, so they obviously came together and, uh, and the spirit dog seems to be watching over the real dog so this real dog is sitting in an animal shelter all alone probably cold all alone but he's not really alone there is the spirit dog and he's probably always looking over him and i created that story then in my mind i thought oh he's here he's always there you know he's looking over him he's not really alone and i thought that was so wonderful so beautiful and that was on this digital picture and there are lots of moments where it took a picture of something and that disappeared completely and something else was appearing. 
Once I took a photo of an old portrait of a man, probably from the 1600s in a museum. And on my photo, he wasn't there. That whole picture wasn't there. There was something else. There was fog. Like a misty sort of fog. And, um, but in this fog, I suddenly noticed and saw a hand, an arm, and a hand. And this hand was touching the shoulder of an old woman who was sitting at the front. So, and when you looked, really tried and looked hard, you could see that there's a person that has a, its hand on the shoulder of an old woman. So that's what I actually took a photo of. Um, but it was all sort of in a foggy sort of, uh, misty sort of way. So I just, yeah, sorry. No, that's incredible. I was thinking about some of the EVP work that I've done. And it said that the loved ones or the scientists, whoever, can take the recorded sound and rearrange it into words. So I think maybe with some of these photographs, Somehow within the picture, they're able to put the people, the dog, all of that. I don't know. That's a speculation. But of course, that led you to wanting to do more experiments. Yes. I actually, years ago, I saw you. I stumbled across your show on the internet. And there I saw you and Sonia Rinaldi talking. And instantly I knew there was like a knowing, this is what I have to do. I didn't just stumble across this because I didn't spend much time on anything like this on internet, podcast, that wasn't my thing back then. But it definitely became my thing because I absolutely was surprised that there's something like that out there. And your own story was fascinating. I ordered your book. I read your book. I thought this is amazing. So I was so happy to have found you there. And of course, Sonia Rinaldi as well. And she became a good friend in all this time and uh, the biggest supporter and communicates with me uh, about pictures and encourages me. And I've actually done a bit of volunteer. I'm a patron of hers. And I've done a bit of volunteer work for her here, connected her with a few people like scientists here in Germany. I also translated an interview that she had with a Bavarian interviewer. And um, so we are constantly in touch and doing a few things for each other there. And But yes, I was absolutely, absolutely blown away by her work. I mean, I, I guess most of your listeners now was on the Rinaldi and her work which is outstanding. I will put Um, a link in the description for anyone who does not know her work to one of our previous interviews. So you can see some of the pictures that she gets, whether she films uh, vapor or she films uh, um, just static from um, projectors. And it's not, vague pictures. These are very clear. And right now she's getting three dimensional images. They look 3D. If a person was old when they passed, they show themselves younger. Children as they passed, they show themselves growing up. If someone had a mustache and glasses and bald, they might show themselves with hair, no glasses, maybe a mustache, who knows? It's incredible, those images that she gets. Incredible. That's Sonia Rinaldi. What was your first experiments and what what is it that you are taking a picture of? Because there's definitely faces that you see, but I don't know what you are taking photographs of. Yes, um, it's actually quite funny. My very first experiment, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought, I just thought I have to do this. <laughs> so I watched her, observed her, and I got a few um, very easy and cheap materials. The bubble wrap, you probably know it. Bubble wrap. And yeah. have done it, the bu- bubble wrap. So that was my first experiment. I was standing uh, in the living room. I, I wasn't sure whether the light was correct or 
whether anything was correct as a matter of fact, but I thought, oh, well, I have a go. I see what happens. So I was putting up my, my camera there and, um, and set the light in a certain way and was standing in front of it and hold the bubble wrap up and just moved it a little bit like Zonia did. And I thought, oh, well, let's just see what happens. But while I was filming, I thought, I'm seeing something there in the camera. I thought, is that? No, can't be. Kept filming. So is it possible? No, can't be. So I dismissed it. I thought, no way. <laughs> and then I looked through the film afterwards and I couldn't believe it. I saw my dog who passed away probably half a year, half a year earlier, an old Labrador. <clears throat> And um, he was there, undeniably. He was just, his face was above my shoulder. And it was his typical expression, the typical, typical expression that an old dog has, and especially that he had. I couldn't believe it. I thought this was incredible. But at the same time, I thought, gee, I think only I see that. Maybe it's my imagination. No, I know he's there. I know it's him. And um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to show it to my husband. My husband doesn't know these things. He doesn't see things. He's, um, I thought, oh, God, he's not going to see it. Anyway, I showed it to him. And instantly he said, that's Onzi there. <laughs> Onzi is the name of our old dog. So he saw him straight away. And that really got me going. I thought, if he turns up, I have to do this. I have to continue. I have to see what else comes. Yes. But I didn't, I didn't really set out to um, get pictures of deceased loved ones. I was more, I was so curious. I've got a very scientific and curious mind. I wanted to see what they want to show me what the spirit world has to show me or wants to show me, what they want to show me. And so it wasn't about my desire to see the uh, departed loved ones. That would have been a bonus. If they turn up, that would, have, would be fantastic. But I really wanted to see what else they want to show me. So it's like giving them a blank canvas that they can draw on or show me whatever they want to show me. And I really got whatever they wanted to show me. Uh, I have hundreds of films by now, hundreds, thousands, and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. And you can put them into different categories. There are some that I call historic. I, for example, got pictures where it looks like nuns are walking down an old staircase, an old stony staircase in a monastery. I've got pictures where it looks like kings are there or King Henry and um, uh, just different things, a man on a horse from the 1600s. So different sort of pictures. Um, then I've got animals, I've got, you know, lots of dogs, lots of my dogs. My dogs came. My best girlfriend's dog appeared several times, several times, and really amazing. She recognized him instantly. Um, it's so nice. Yeah. People, they're not people. I mean, I know there are people, but to see and recognize your pet, it's so comforting to your heart. Yes, it's absolutely wonderful. And it leaves you in awe and speechless every time you see something like this. You are speechless. I'm sitting there with an open mouth. It takes me a while to get over it, really, every time. No matter how many times you do this, no matter how many pictures you see, um, every picture is unique and special and has a meaning, you know, most of them at least. And, um, yeah, lots of different animals. I even had koalas and uh, a seagull. <laughs> And all sorts of animals, really, and um, and sometimes landscapes where it feels like you're looking into a different dimension. Um, 
little creatures. One category I call little creatures, like gnomes and mystical figures. And um, then again, there's another category, which I would say is um, current affairs, which I find very interesting because it tells me that they want to tell us that they know what's going on on Earth. Um, I remember, for example, the shooting of George Floyd. His name was, I think, in America. And after that happened, for the very first time, I had an African-American on my pictures. Um, so it's a bit like saying, we know what's happening in your, in your world. Um, when COVID happened, I suddenly, very quickly after that, when they saw us all running around with masks, I received pictures with people and masks from the spirit world, which I found absolutely extraordinary because this is like telling us, well, we know what's going on down there. We see you running around with masks. So it's all this, it's a different message. It's a message that they know what's going on and they see us. And I find this fascinating as well. But I had pictures of deceased loved ones as well. And, um, uh, but they're not so clear. Not that I would probably want to show them now, but I know it's them. But the most wonderful thing was not long ago that my mother appeared out of the ordinary, you know, completely unexpected. I couldn't believe it. And this was actually one of the clearest pictures I've seen. It's nearly like a photo. I mean, for me, it is, you know, compared to the others. Um, it was so her, so her eyes and everything. Everyone recognized her instantly. And the other thing, though, is she arrived with our dog, the Labrador. And he is on her right side. I think you will show the picture. I think it's one of the pictures that you show. And our dog is coming with her. So she brought him with her. He's just on the right hand side. And they actually, it looks like they're sharing one eye, but that's a different sort of story. This is happening quite a bit that pictures and images they're sharing, they're overlapping somehow and they're sharing an eye. It's quite common. It happens in Sonia's pictures as well. Mm. And who knows how it works. So you started with bubble wrap. Do you use other things as well? Because there might yes. be someone listening right now who would love to experiment with this. What, do you, can you use your cell phone, your mobile phone? Are yes, you I'm all, video? Mm -hmm. yes, I'm always taping with my handy, with a mobile phone. I find that the easiest, I can take it with me everywhere. I can look through it wherever I want to. Um, I find that very easy. And it's, it's doing its job, but you can do it with a laptop as well, of course, um, or any sort of camerizing, but I'm doing it with the uh, phone. And um, you can do use any sort of material that you like, uh, the bubble wrap, any other, even wrapping paper, where you, um, present wrapping paper. If there's a bit of glitter in there, it's quite good because they um, that reflects the light and they work with the light, they manipulate the light. Um, you can use all sorts of materials like plastics, any plastic form, uh, glass. I use a bonbon glass and you will see it on one of the pictures for sure. It's funny. I never thought that I would be the crazy woman holding a glass and looking into a glass one day. I watched it on television probably when I was a teenager, seeing all these weird people, <laughs> these, you know, um, what do you call, call them, fortune tellers, looking into a glass. Many, many years later, I'm sitting there holding a glass and seeing faces in there. So that is really weird. But it's happening. So any sort of container, be it plastic or glass works. You just have to hold it steadily and move it a little bit and adjust your light accordingly. Does there need to be something behind the glass or behind the bubble wrap or behind? If you no, it just needs to be dark so that nothing is interfering. So when if I hold the glass, I need to have black clothes on. 
So not nothing with pattern or color because you don't want anything to interfere. Um, so you're standing in front of the camera, holding the glass. So the camera is actually filming you holding the glass. And when you look at the film, you see the glass uh, and, and anything that, and you go through the film and you will definitely see different patterns or faces. And I get faces now all the time, many, many in one film, many, many hundreds. And um, there was a time when there was a lot less, so it has changed quite a bit. I have to say, though, which is very important, that you have to have respect for the spirit world when you do this. You have to um, love what you're doing. You have to feel a sense of joy and not be in a grieving sort of mind or in a negative mind. I wouldn't recommend it then at all. But if you feel a sense of joy and happiness and lift up your mood a little bit, um, everyone should have a go and see where you go from there. You know, it's um, and good luck. I'm pretty sure you will receive something. It's exciting. And I know I speaking with Sonia, I said, you know, if you have one bit of advice for people, what would it be? And she says, just keep going. She said that there's scientists and people that are still alive. We just can't see them that are working on this. And if you try one time, nothing happens. They don't take you seriously. You keep showing up time and time again. Okay. I don't see it this time. Let's try it again. Or uh, Friday at two o'clock, I'll be available. Can you work with me on this? Talk to them like real people because they are. And I know people in the afterlife, the spirit world, they want us to know that they are alive and this is real just as much as we do. We all know how painful grief is and just to have not only the comfort that there's something more is I know for myself, grief is horrible. And if we can have something to channel our energy into something that we're investigating, listening to podcasts, reading books, exploring YouTube's on video, getting out your phone and doing these filming and spending time going through to see if there's pictures on there. That is a much better way to live than sometimes with the negative thoughts and things in our own mind. Mm, I absolutely agree. Um, It's a wonderful thing for anyone to try and to do. And, um, but you just, you really have to be in a good, clear mind. And they know whether you're dedicated. You don't really have to be, just have a go and see where you, whether it suits you or not. You know, you've got nothing to lose. Um, and you might actually find that it's extremely enjoyable and you really want to see. You, you, you might get the same rush and the same sort of uh, wonderful feel of happiness. I mean, it's a real joy to see a face. I mean. It's, it's, a, it's like a miracle. You see a face that hasn't been there before. It's a real face. Um, even though quite often they look like a bit like drawings. You will find that when you see my pictures at the end, they very often look like drawings. But some of them have real eyes and real big eyes. There's one picture where the steam is behind me. So you can do it with steam as well. That's the other. Uh, it works beautiful the steam and in the steam there are these eyes that look like they have been drawn there you know like someone was drawing the eyes there and I couldn't believe it I thought how does it happen how does this work you know um their faces and it's it's amazing and I'd like everyone to feel this joy and experience it um because it's not limited to one person or to a few experimenters. It's for everyone. Everyone can try it. But I really recommend to be in a good state of mind. I have to say I had one person once um, wanting to do it. He, he sort of nearly insisted, uh, but he, I knew that he had a mental, wasn't quite stable. I didn't want to do it with him. That I didn't want to let him do it or show him how it works. But he insisted, and I thought, all right, okay, let's we do it together, one, one. 
and we did. And I've no, there was nothing, you know, there was in, in the whole video, there was nothing in the glass. And I thought, he's not ready. They didn't want to him to, um, you know, they know that he's not ready. It's not good for him. So, but I'm absolutely certain that otherwise everyone will get something. But just don't expect, have not, don't expect your deceased uncle or auntie or whatever to appear in, immediately or instantly. It took me five years that my mother appeared. Um, look, she might have been there earlier because you miss things. When you go through the film, you are missing things. You, you can't possibly see everything. There's too much there. Um, and it takes a trained eye to find them. And I think the more you do, the better you get at it. Um, but it is exhausting and it's very, very time consuming. And that's why so many people give up. I've seen it myself um, that people really give up. They don't do it anymore. Not that they don't like it. It's just too much work. They don't have the time for it. You could read a book in the time. You could watch television in the time. But what is Katrine doing? She's sitting there going through her film. My husband is sitting there. <laughs> reading a book or doing something else and I'm sitting there going through my film again and again you know you go through it on your phone are you going through how do you do that part of it well you can get a system uh, where you get frame by frame by frame on your computer I go with my finger um, through the film on my phone I find it easier and I'm sort of trusting my intuition I let myself being guided sort of through it. I really always trust my intuition. And I think I feel there is something here. I feel there's something. There always is. There's too much. I can't, I really don't want to go frame by frame by frame because we know that one second of a film, I don't know how many frames it has. 32 or 64 or something. That's, that's crazy. That's, that's crazy. And one second. In one second. I know. I know. And that is just too much. It's too much. Uh, I, Zonia does it. <laughs> I'm Zonia sure does she it. does. She does. I know. It's, and she is absolutely amazing. I really admire her. She's so dedicated. What she's doing is incredible. I'm not quite that patient, I must say. <laughs> I'm working. Do you, sorry to interrupt. When you get a picture and you see it on your phone, do you do a screenshot? Yes. You do? Okay. Exactly. That's what I do. That's why I need more storage space <laughs> on my iPhone. <laughs> no, I, I already purchased some, I have to say. Um, but it works beautifully. You have to delete, you know. Um, you have to delete. You look through it, what resonates with you, what uh, some pictures really resonate with you and you really love them and they're really great. You can't keep everything because there is too much stuff where you might read something into it, where you think there's a face. Don't take those pictures. Only take those that convince you. But if someone else, that's another point I want to say. <clears throat> if someone else doesn't see what you see on a picture, don't think it's not there. Because quite often, everyone sees something else. And not everyone agrees on it. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. What you think you see is important because it's for you. If you have been the experimenter, the creator sort of of it, and they work with you, it's meant for you. So don't be discouraged or anything but someone else. And at the same time, don't be angry with the other one if they don't see what you see, um, because it can happen too. It uh, was a learning process for me too. Quite often I ask my husband, can you see something here? Can you, <laughs> can you see something here? And he said, no, I don't. No, I don't. And I was getting a little bit annoyed. <laughs> so it's a learning process for me that everyone, of course, sees something, can see something else. But those pictures where you agree, they're quite often the ones where everyone agrees they're the most clearest one, you know. I agree. I've had many people who have written to me with pictures and can you see this? Can you see this? Can you see this? And the truth mm. is, I can't. But I say, listen to your instinct. Da, 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 da. There is something called uh, pareidolia. And that is when we can make 
a face out of the clouds, or sometimes we look at the bark of a tree, we can see a face or some people I know here in the United States, there was a piece of toast and someone saw Jesus Christ in it, right? (laughs) So our mind can, is always looking to make things familiar, to make faces out of things. That's normal. Mm -hmm. So there are times that we may think we see someone there. Go with your instinct. But I think from the spirit world's point of view, and even seeing some of Sonia's work, when she started with the vapor, with the steam, the people, the faces, they looked rather like drawings or cartoons. Some had big eyes. And I thought, oh, this is strange. You know, these don't look like people. But I think the spirit world was experimenting because in just six months time, all of a sudden, they look like people's relatives. The more time she's at it, three-dimensional, there's one our friend Lisa's daughter, she actually blinks in the image (laughs) and people have turned their heads. It's incredible. So keep up with it. Listen to your gut instinct. Don't let people turn you off because everybody has an opinion. Listen to heart, listen to heart. And if you're happy, that is extremely important to trust your own instinct and don't be deterred by anyone else, what they say. I, there's actually a good example because the dog of a good friend of mine died recently. And this woman had nothing to do with spirituality, doesn't look at pictures like this. She doesn't believe in anything. But after the dog died, she looked into the clouds and she saw the dog there. She said, thought, that looks like that dog. She took a photo of it. So. Most people would say, oh, well, it's in the clouds. It's nothing, you know, it's nothing. And um, I think when you see something and when it goes straight into your heart and resonates with you, that's when it's meant to be for you. And um, you have to believe it. You have to trust your intuition. I've actually seen the picture then of the dog in the cloud. And I had to agree it looks very much like that dog. So she was right. But even if someone said, no, it's not. And so many people do that, you know, trust your own instinct. And if it goes and resonates with you, it's for you. It might, doesn't have to, anything to do with the other people. It's with you. And especially if it makes you feel better and helps you with your grief, you know, then it's a win-win. It's, it's definitely was meant for you. And we know that the spirit world can manipulate clouds and rainbows and so many things happen. There's one gentleman that I know, and he showed me this picture. This man had died and they called him the human exclamation point because he was always so excited. He was the human exclamation point. That's his nickname. At his service, I believe they all went down to the beach There was not a cloud in the sky and a single cloud forms. And it's the exclamation. Oh my God. Oh my God. This happens. Mm. It's incredible. Give me goosebumps just because I've seen that. It's crazy. That is amazing. Oh, Oh my God. That's amazing. Yes. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to share with us before we say goodbye? Yet. To our viewers, if you stay tuned after we say goodbye, we have a little slideshow presented of some of Katrine's. Yes, words. and but else? with a slideshow, you really have to pay. Uh, it takes a while to sometimes see. Um, you have to pay, spend a bit of time sometimes to have a really good look at them. But you can probably stop it and uh, you can stop. I'll make sure have a look. Possible. Have a look whether you see something or not. Um, now I just like everyone to have a go at it if you like. And good luck, of course. And um, But generally speaking, I'd like everyone to have positive thoughts and loving thoughts and just send them out every day so that we have a better world. Thank you. Thank you, my friend, for being our guest today. Thank you for having me, Sandra. It was such a pleasure. Oh, it was wonderful. And I love the instructions. And for our listener or our viewer, please be sure to, you can review this, Definitely. But if you're listening, 
please go over to my YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com. You can type in Sandra Champlain or We Don't Die Radio. You can type in Katrin, Katrine McPhee, K-A-T-R-I-N-M-C. P-H-E-E, and this episode will show up. And at the end, you will see the slideshow. Beautiful images, and it's going to be exciting to see as time goes on, if they change, who knows? But as long as you have that passion, I'm sure the spirit world will work with you. So I hope everyone who's interested uh, tries to do this. Why not? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And just a reminder, our home base is we don't die.com where you can find, wow, all past episodes. You can find my other audio podcast called Shades of the Afterlife on iHeartRadio. And also at the bottom of that page, we don't die.com. Like I said, you could put in your name and your email address. It says you get the first few chapters of my book, but the secret is it is the entire book. Chapter 10 is about grief. I know what may bring you to this interview today is that you have a loved one that has passed. It's difficult, but after a total of almost 600 combined hours of me researching the afterlife and doing these interviews, I know in my heart that our loved ones live on. So will we, we can't see them in this invisible space, but our heart can see them. They show up in our imagination. That's how they communicate. And there are so many ways we can know that they are there. So again, we don't die.com. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain. I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die. I do believe that life is an education for the soul, that your life here on earth is important. So go after a passion, go after a dream. You're never alone. You can make things happen. So thank you for listening or for watching. Stay tuned for the slideshow and we'll see you again soon.